It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, 2007 Teen Choice Awards third place finisher and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Some quick thoughts today on communication and your prospects and how best to connect with them. And this follows two phone calls I literally just got off of. Two separate coaches, two separate sports division levels dealing with the same issue. The realization, and I think this is common for a lot of coaches that we're hearing from uh, over the last couple of months anyway, the realization that their prospects are not engaging with the content that they put out as much as they have been in past years. These are both longtime coaches, one head coach, one assistant coach, who have been in the game for a while, and they are seeing this shift that you hear us talk about. And I want to talk about it a little bit more with you because I think we're beginning to be able to define what's going on. And we've talked about it in a couple of different coaching conferences that I've spoken at, and we have outlined it bits and pieces-wise with our with our clients and some of you that are subscribers to the Honey Badger recruiting site, we go over this uh, and have gone over this for a while now. But here's the deal. Your prospects, this generation, have grown up communicating how? Through text messaging. <clears throat> right. And so what is text messaging? Text messaging is written communication that they read on their phone. It's not audible. It is visual. They read that on their phone. They are reading. And the important takeaway here is that if you are a coach and you are not engaging in regular written communication through a variety of medium, you are missing out and you are losing out. And what coaches are starting to realize, this goes back to the conversation I just had with these two coaches, they're realizing that prospects are much better at reading and taking information and understanding and coming to some decisions through written communication than they are verbal communication. Now, that is much different than maybe you or I as coaches growing up in a different generation than these prospects uh, are growing up in, where we verbally communicated. We did a lot of face-to-face communication going on to campus, listening to people, seeing their mouth move, watching them face-to-face, having that touch point was something that really we desired and we that's how we came to an understanding. It was a, just a deeper understanding when there was personal face-to-face communication, oral communication. With this generation, What we're finding is that that is becoming less and less important. Now, there are always exceptions to the rules, just like everything in recruiting. There are always the the uh, the one-offs and the outliers who really engage with face-to-face communication, and that's what they prefer. But by and large, what we're finding is that this generation really focuses on written communication. So, when you are outlaying your your Uh, story, what your program is all about, what you as a coach want to do with that program, how you're going to coach them and everything. What we're finding is that when you say it to them verbally, they'll listen in the moment, but they are very apt to not remember it. And more importantly, they're not 
apt to to make it a basis point for how they decide to move forward with you. I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that one of the coaches I just talked to mentioned was was what they went over on a recent campus visit with a visiting junior prospect who will probably be making his decision in their sport on where he is going to go and play within the next somewhere between the next two or three months and he'll he'll verbally commit so when he was on campus there were three key points that this coach felt like they really had to nail and highlight since the athlete was on campus uh first time on on the visit first time seeing the place and they really wanted to highlight these three aspects of their program the campus and one thing was facility related and they spent most of their time on those three things and felt like they really nailed it they communicated what they needed to communicate and the realization that that this verbal communication wasn't sticking was a week later they did a follow-up phone call with the dad who was on the visit and dad was connecting knew all about everything that uh, that just went on could recall different facts and you know pointed out that they he really liked you know a b and c of what they talked about with a couple of different aspects of their campus and, and what they could offer his son jump to a couple hours later when they had the follow-up phone call with the son the son could not remember much in terms of detail and what they got the feeling from the conversation was that his perception of the school had not really changed by being on campus it had not changed much now look he liked it he wanted to be there it's i think still a part of the the decision making process that goes into a um, a student athlete deciding does this feel right and there's a lot to be said and you and you know we emphasize this when it comes to feelings and creating a feeling on the uh, on the visit that they go away with that feeling and very much he had that feeling he he felt like it was a place that that wanted him and that he could be comfortable at so those are wins those are check marks in that win column good job coach but what disturbed them and really again the focus of what i wanted to jump on and talk about with the podcast today is that the details that the coach felt were really important and that I would make the case are really important to why this school is a better option than maybe some of his other choices. And I might be biased because we work with that school. But what they realized was that when they're verbally communicating these things and not following it up or prefacing it with written communication, that's the problem. There was no sort of cementing in of the concepts that they wanted the student athlete to begin defining the school for and that's an issue if you're wanting this athlete to make a tough decision and where written communication we're finding is coming into play is at the very end when i have to make a smart choice when i as the student athlete have to decide is it going to be school a b or c i'm going to go back and remember not only the the feelings and where i felt most wanted so i decide one way with my heart i have to be able to justify it with my head and that's where the logic comes in and for logic we need them to have a basis for understanding and for that basis of understanding 
we really needed to be in written communication for this generation. So what does that look like? And by the way, hopefully all that made sense. I tried to outline it the best way I could as I was explaining it back to the coach that I was talking to as well, um, because that's what I told him. So when we're engaged in written communication, a coach will automatically say, okay, well, good. I'm going to text them all the time. Um, That's written communication. And I made that point that they are reading texts. And so if they're reading something, that means it's written. Good. I'll just text them all the time. Well, here's where that falls short. That falls short because text messaging is a very interpersonal way to communicate for this generation. In other words, this is how they chat back and forth with you, with their friends, with their parents, with other people that they're you know in their circle that they are they're having daily interactions with. It's very conversational. So when something is conversational, when you have a medium that is very conversational, when you cross over the boundary and go into other other aspects of communication on that medium that it was not designed for in the mind of the user, nothing works. So a, a good reference point for this is when I was growing up, back in the, the ancient days of the 1980s, uh, in, you know, in high school in the 1980s, when the phone rang, we had to answer the phone, number one, to, to see who was on the other line. And when we talked on the phone, that was our main method of communication. If it wasn't face-to-face, we were on the phone as teenagers. And that's how we did interpersonal communication. That was our text messaging back in the day. When the phone rang, we picked it up, and it was a salesperson. All of a sudden, that phone call, that device, that medium was was being violated by that other person, and we kind of resented it. We did not like telemarketers. I mean, nobody does usually like telemarketers. And when right now you get a call and you look down at your phone and it says spam risk on the uh, next to the number, you don't usually answer it. Why? Because we don't want to be spammed. We don't want telemarketer calls on this personal communication device that we use and that uh, we, we hold a lot of value for. So when you as a coach are trying to get written ideas in front of a prospect through text messaging, why doesn't it work? It doesn't work because you're selling them on your school and they are not using that device to be sold. Such a key concept. If you remember one thing from all this rambling of this podcast, please take away the idea that you have to treat the medium and the device that it's being delivered on as the primary driver for what you talk about. So in a text message, great to talk about the fact that, hey, great game last weekend, saw you play, let's catch up this week. Or, hey, don't forget, we have that phone call scheduled at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Does that still work for you? That little back-and-forth communication, fantastic. Asking questions, getting an answer, great. Use it all day long because that's what it's for. That's you having an interpersonal conversation with that prospect. If you are trying to sell your program via text message, you are a telemarketer, you're spamming them, and not only will they not take in the information and they will feel that it's weird, there's a very good chance that they will stop talking to you because you have violated one of the most personal forms of communication that they're engaged with right now, which is text messaging in a friendly fashion with people they know 
on a device that they hold sacred. Do not violate that rule. Written communication is good. Doing it on the wrong device, in the wrong medium, not good. So what are the devices or what are the mediums that you can put forward a sales-related message to this generation, a written communication that they will take in, remember, and use to help make a decision? All of our research points to emails and written letters. Now, those are two pieces in the puzzle. So we're not saying that those are the only two things that you should use to communicate. Because certainly, in-person counts. We want to create that feeling. Text messaging counts. We want to be able to easily communicate back and forth casually. Um, What you put out on social media counts uh, not as much as some coaches think it does, but it still does count in terms of giving them a visual, giving them an idea and a brand awareness of who you are. So all these things work together. One of the things that we're finding this generation of coaches in college athletics sort of falling into accidentally is this idea that there are one or maybe two things that they want to use to communicate, and those are the only things that they're going to use. And they bypass all these other tools that they have that, just like any good marketer, you should use in conjunction with each other. So if I want to communicate like this coach did, the facility renovations that got done at his school for the prospect we were speaking about earlier. If I want to communicate that, I can talk about it, certainly. Not going to get remembered, but I can talk about it. I can write about it, and it's going to get remembered more. And then couple that with what I'm putting out on social media, if that prospect is following me. Well, now I've written about it, And I understand it as the prospect. And now I also see it on social media. So I get the visual context of what you're talking about. And now I go to to, uh, see it in person on a campus visit. And now I have the interpersonal contact with it and the feelings surrounding it. And you as the coach leading me and showing me that that, that we want you. All those things work together to help make a decision. We'll be back to the show in a minute. But first, have you heard about Busy Coach? It's the organizational resource college coaches rely on from Mandy Green, our trusted voice when it comes to running your program, creating more time in your day, and becoming a better leader. After the podcast is over, head over to busy.coach and find out about all the tools she's giving coaches around the country. And now, back to the show. It is not one aspect of communication that you have to focus on. It's multiple aspects, and too many coaches are not using the best two tools to communicate in a written way why they should choose you, the why behind your program. Many of you uh, coaches that are listening to this, um, you probably have you know, read all the books and, and done the studies on you know the why behind your program and the why. Well, you have to define the why a prospect would want that. Well, you know what? To do that, they have to take in difficult, complicated concepts over a long period of time to define you and brand you in a certain way so that they stick with you and ultimately make the decision at the end. If you are not using email and written messaging as an aspect of everything overall that you're doing, what coaches are finding is that these kids aren't retaining the information and they aren't using it and it's being basically wasted um, 
you're communicating it, and on from an outbound standpoint, you're feeling like we are nailing it. I told him everything I wanted to on that phone call, or we showed him everything that we um, that that we wanted to on the on the campus visit. Without the supporting context of written communication, this generation doesn't connect with it. They forget it so quickly and in such big fashion that it stuns coaches when they actually realize how short they're falling in terms of the brand and the story uh, conveyance in in what they're doing with a a prospect. So why do those two aspects work, the written mail, the email communication? They work so well because, first of all, let's take one piece at a time. If you send the prospect a letter, which we've talked about a bunch on the podcast, and again, if you subscribe to Honey Badger Recruiting or you go to the dantutor.com blog, you can read, you can pull up, uh, do a search for, for letters, written communication, and you'll get articles that will keep you busy all day long um, on why it works so well. But let me just summarize that when you send them a letter, that is something that so many coaches have abandoned because of cost, time, it's complicated, it's not as convenient as, as, as electronic communication. When you send that written mail, not only does it get remembered, not only does it create an incredibly positive feeling, according to the prospects, but but it is the main way they are able to then brand you because that letter does not get thrown away. It sits around on a desk, on the counter, gets put up on the refrigerator at the house. People read it. They read it again. They get sh- it shared. That's what you want. If, if you were an advertiser, and really you are, in this part of your job as a recruiter, you are basically a marketer and an advertiser. In that function, your goal is, I want your eyes on my message as often as possible, and and repeatedly so, um, as often as possible. A letter creates that, that, uh, that functionality, because it's one of the only things that does not get disposed of or swiped away or, uh, or deleted. They don't delete letters. They save them. And we make this point all the time. There's an indication there then that it's powerful. It's a powerful communication device. If it doesn't even have to be handwritten letters. In fact, I prefer it if it weren't because some coaches' handwriting is pretty bad. <laughs> it also takes a long time to handwrite something when you can convey in casual conversational messaging the points you want to make on an aspect that you want to sell them on with your school through a letter and it works incredibly and i have to say that you know our let me back up a second our business is centered around helping coaches perform better when it comes to recruiting messaging that is an, our entire reason for being our existence um, we know because of all the internal studies that we do and all the internal focus group feedback that we get that written communication is one of the things that makes the difference for a majority of recruits when they're making their decision. So I'm giving you something for free here, Coach, that if, if we're not working with you, um, I, I wish we were, but if we aren't, steal this one aspect of what we know works so well, engage in written communication make sure you're sending the right kind of written messages to your recruits because it's powerful when you do that. Now, the second thing is email. Email is one of the most uh, malign, misunderstood mediums uh, on the part of college coaches that that you know probably we have ever dealt with in the 20 years we've been doing this and helping coaches. 
email communication is the preferred communication method, according to recruits, when you want to sell them on an idea or sell them on some aspect of your program or your campus, which you will reply with, or maybe you're thinking upon hearing that, Dan, they don't check email all the time. They're not on email. They're on text messaging all the time. But email, I'm only checking that a couple of times a week, and that's why I don't email them anymore. Prospects have said, they've told us, if you break down all the different communication methods that they that they have at their disposal to take in information from a coach. So that would include things like social media, email, text messaging, a written letter, um, a phone call, uh, social media direct messaging, all the different ways that you can reach out and communicate with a uh, with a recruit. Their favorite preferred method for basically a sales message that you would have for them is email. Why is that? Because just like we've been talking about, text messaging and the phone are used for very specific functions in their communication daily life. The same holds true for email. With email, that is something that I can sort of put off to the side over here. It doesn't interrupt my daily life. Um, I can save it specifically for recruiting, messaging back and forth with this adult I don't know that is interested in having me come and compete at their school. I can put it over here in in this inbox that I only check every four or five or seven days. But when it's there, I'll check it. And if you have the right subject line and I open it and read it, I will retain that information. And coach, that is the most important aspect of this. It's not necessarily always getting a response. It's nice when you do, and certainly we aim for that. And we want you to to be able to get a response because that creates a conversation. But more importantly, in terms of what we're talking about here, this is all about retaining information and becoming aware of the story behind your program that I should align myself with. So as a prospect, if I can open an email and read it, think about it, and then close it off, not delete it, and, and many coaches will, um, will sort of observe that most prospects don't delete their email, they'll open and read the same email that you send them six or seven or eight times. They may not reply. There's little things that you can do within that email to up the reply rate, but they're not they're not necessarily replying, but they're reading it. They're opening it six, seven, eight times. I've asked this coach, uh, these co- you as a coach, this question before. How many times do you save an email and open it and read it again seven or eight times? None of us do that. That's not how we as adults operate and use email. For the prospects, it's a powerful communication tool. And the reason that they are rereading it, they tell us, is that I'm trying to make sure I understood everything. I like the fact that he's saying these things. Uh, I'm learning about the program and I want to read it and read it and read it again. That is a powerful tool when it comes to story creation, understanding the why behind your program. And yet many coaches have stopped using email because they're looking at it as an outdated mode of communication. Not so. It is one aspect, one mode of communication in an array of mediums that you should be using uh, as a as a coach. But if we're, if we're talking about helping them understand why they should choose you and how you are better than their other choices. The two key questions that we talk about a lot that a recruit is trying to figure out. If if you're trying to make that case 
There are no two better things than email and letters to do that. Written in the right way, written conversationally, and again, lots of tips on our website on how to do that. We teach you. Uh, you go through Tudor University on the website, you will learn how to construct messaging and how to deliver it properly. But when you do that, it makes such a difference. It accelerates the the acceptance or the understanding of why your program makes sense. And with all this that I've been talking about, one of the cool things that coaches discover and that prospects begin to understand is that as you communicate correctly through a variety of medium and you're using each one correctly, they begin to compare you to other coaches who are doing it incorrectly. So there are things that naturally feel right in the communication process to this generation of prospects we find. And when you're doing it right, they, they glom onto it, they're focused on it, you'll get replies, you'll, you'll have the messaging read, even if you aren't their number one school at the moment. When you're doing that, what happens also is that they are comparing you to the program that is recruiting them down the road. Maybe that program down the road is the one that they really want to go to or that is top of their list right now for whatever reason. But if you do it right and they do it wrong, you become impossible to ignore. And that's, again, what we want as advertisers, as marketers. That's what you are in this function as a recruiter. You are in in advertising. You're in marketing. And I want them to begin to make value judgments on my brand, but also on my competitor's brand. And if they're not using communication tools the right way, you're going to win the heart and mind of that athlete more often than not. Not always, but even if they choose that other school, just because it's a bigger division level, they're offering $5,000 more in scholarship a year, whatever the, the reason, or they have a newer facility, whatever the reason, it's gonna be really hard for them to say no to you and yes to that other school. And that is your job, is to make a strong case for why it should be you and do it passionately, but also do it intelligently, Coach. I mean, you have one shot at this prospect. What we're talking about here is not hard to do, but it takes some planning, and I'm giving you the plan and why it is so important to include these two really misunderstood aspects of communication when it comes to written communication and how this prospect class takes in communication right now. Um, Everything's important, but if we want to cement the brand, cement the story, and really cement the idea in their head as to why you should be the choice, written communication counts, and using written communication in the right format, delivering it in the right medium is critical if you want it to be understood and remembered. So thank you for listening to my little rant. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it helps because this is critical, Coach. I mean, this is this is one of the defining things about this generation, how they take in communication, and it's such a passion of ours at Tudor Collegiate Strategies to make sure you understand how to use this in your recruiting because we love the fact that you're a coach. We love the fact that you get to do this as a profession. Now you got to do it right. you got to get these best kids or else you don't get to do it anymore, and we don't want that. So we are all about building programs, building careers, doing it the right way through effective recruiting Uh, Whether we're talking about a high school prospect or a transfer portal prospect, written communication matters. Doing it the right way matters even more. 
Coach, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We'll be back with more in the next episode. Hope you keep it up. Keep listening. Tell everybody about it. And we'll talk to you next time. College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. And do us a solid, Coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.